0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Yo, yo, yo! What's good? Welcome to Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. The preseason is over. Dude, the preseason is over. Training camp is over. Training camp's over. The offseason is, you know, done.
1: 53-man rosters are set. If you happen
0: to work for an NFL football team, you are currently prepping for week one. Yes, sir. And if you're doing more important things, like prepping for your fantasy draft, (laughs) you're probably drafting this weekend or you're already drafted.
1: Yep. There's I don't a know. lot of teams that drafted this week. This will we're be... drafting this upcoming week. What? this actually week... by the time this gets released, who knows? We might already draft
0: Oh no, well, no, it'll be out before then. Okay. I, I, I told I spoke to the
1: editor myself. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> this weekend though, last weekend and this weekend, especially last weekend, though, I will say. Big, big fantasy draft week. Yes. Um, A lot of people do. I would say the biggest draft
0: weekend of the year was last weekend, um, though a lot of people do
1: do it th- the Labor Day.
0: I will say that if, if you're not doing Labor Day weekend as your draft party, I don't know what you're doing because um, a if you draft early, what the frig? I used to. You probably drafted Jonathan Taylor. I got so excited to get <laughs> to it's the like end around. of the fourth week. Uh, what was it? The second, third week in August, and then we draft, and then I'd have to wait three weeks before the NFL season. And uh, one year, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I was an all running back drafter, 100, percent ten years ago, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna draft Jordan. Well, guess who broke his leg in a game or tore his ACL as Jordan in Nelson the preseason. in the preseason, and I lost my stuff. I was yep. like, and the never heck? again. And I was like, never again are we doing this. It's also fun uh, when you draft on Labor Day or the day before, and the football season starts three days later. So you can start yeah, setting your nice. lineup and think about things like that instead of waiting. Right after weeks. the draft.
1: You're not sitting there waiting, staring at your yeah. lineup for two weeks. It's way better.
0: So, a tip to you uh, do your draft on literally the last second. Um, but anyway, uh, this will be our final week of draft content. Um next week we're going to be jumping into week 1 prep um and talk about some things you can do with your roster um moving into week 1. Um, we'll talk about some trade targets, some guys that you may want to get on your roster before the season starts. Um always hard to do week 1 because there's so many guys that we really like, but some guys that maybe uh, you know w- one particular year uh, I m- I went on a massive run. I think I lost one game on the whole year. Um and I made like two preseason trades that um, solidified my team as a whole. So you can still make trades before the season starts. Um, especially if you leave a draft with a weakness of sorts. I drafted two running backs. Got to gotta fill those spots. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, so we'll do a trade target show. Uh, we'll do starts and sets for week one. Um, and then we'll do a big extravaganza to start the football season uh, and talk about the Thursday night football game between, is it the Lions and the Chiefs?
1: Lines and Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, that's what, oh, damn! Oh, that dude, Dan Campbell. That game I swear. is coming up. You I already know, dude. Eight days. He's gonna be crying. They're gonna show the the sidelines during the national anthem, and he's just gonna be full tears. Dan
0: Campbell is ready, ready to, to play. Blowing.
1: You know that he should just he
0: should just like suit up. <laughs> he could definitely play like
1: defensive tackle or something.
0: I sent you a text earlier this week. I made him my coach on Ultimate Team.
1: Best you should have you plus made. ten morale. Honestly, I should
0: get I should get plus ten morale just for that.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: my, team, my team should get like oh, plus one every stat because Dan Campbell's on my team.
1: We got to get going here, but real quick. Yeah, maybe we should save this. But you got Week One predictions. Are we gonna save that?
0: Let's do it for uh, the mock draft show. Okay. Yeah, we can do that for the mock draft show. That's a good idea. I go because I. I or we can do it next week because that's, you know, we're talking about week one. True. That's true. I'd love to talk about some predictions. Here's I a like prediction.
1: A, Is Kadari's Tony going to play?
0: No. <laughs>
1: and if he does, <laughs> so does he to, tear his ACL money in the first quarter. I'd
0: probably say absolutely not. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So uh, we got a lot of stuff to finish up draft season. Um, and we're going to give you three more episodes this week just on draft content. and then uh, And then that's it. Uh, and yep, we're going to jump into the NFL season and it'll be a fun 17 weeks of fantasy football before um, my life goes back to being boring. Um, before we jump into our show for today, check our website, fantasychampions.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review and share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. So today's show, we're going to talk about um, five players, that you're going to want to target in the early rounds of the draft. So I didn't include the first round because, for the love of God, all of those guys are good. You can get any single one of them, whatever. Uh, this is going to be rounds two through five. Um, and then we're going to do a late rounds or mid to late round target show on Thursday. Uh, and that is going to be focused on um, rounds six to ten. So, uh, you know, the back half of the the top ten rounds. And then, obviously, like I, my only advice to you from rounds 11 to 15 is drafts some breakout guys you think are going to be good, some young guys. So that I mean, could be anyone. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're going to give you five players to target in the early rounds for the twenty twenty three fantasy football season. I was going to say before we do, but I already did that part. I'm just so confused on this. Um, so we can get started now, uh, unless you have any thoughts on, on 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 the topic we're speaking on.
1: No, we can uh, we can get right into it.
0: Okay. I got distracted because somebody's screaming outside my door.
1: I don't know what's happening here? Help me with fantasy advice.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so we've talked about this guy about one thousand million times, <laughs> and it's one final opportunity for us to ooh and ah over this player, uh, and it is Garrett Wilson. Um, so much has been said in the off season um, about yep. Garrett. You know uh, the fact that they got Aaron Rodgers. Um, or the fact that the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, the offense looks significantly better. I would say a lot of the pressure, like I know Rick liked to the receivers before they brought in Alan Lazard and Michael Hardman, but I think that having Lazard actually puts a lot of pressure on on defenses a little bit more than Elijah Moore uh, did. So, um, I think that's positive for for uh, for Garrett Wilson. So we we know all the talking points: Rodgers, offense is better, all that stuff. Garrett Wilson going into his second year. Didn't have any quarterbacks last year. Kind of played well, even though his quarterbacks sucked. Um, and now he's got a good one. So, I mean, all of those variables come into play. Uh, he is the, the new hotness in the league. Mm-hmm. Every fantasy football analyst is telling you to draft him. Um, it's a pretty easy draft selection. And to be honest with you, like with the amount of wide receivers going in the first round right now, which I I want to say is like seven to ten, getting Garrett Wilson in the mid second round feels like robbery to me. Like that feels like yeah. I, I look at it and I'm like, that feels like gross. Like you should be going slightly higher than this. Um, so I mean, I like him over I think I was thinking about like pre show. I, I was looking at my rankings. I have them in tier two right now at the bottom of tier two. But I do like him over some guys like Devontae Adams. Like honestly, I'd rather have a young kid that has upside than an old man who, yeah, he's probably gonna do the same thing he always does. But mm-hmm. ha- there's that always a slight chance that the old man could get hurt. Um, so but we love Garrett Wilson. Everyone else loves Garrett Wilson. He's obviously gotta be on this list if you're drafting between rounds two and five, like, and you don't leave the second round with Garrett Wilson, what are you doing? Unless you got sniped or somebody drafted him way too high. Um, so if you see him on the board and you're on the clock in the second round, you should be taking Garrett Wilson. This should be a lock.
1: Yeah. He's getting drafted as a wide receiver 10 right now, which mm-hmm. I'll take all day. Um, yeah, I don't want to go into too much of Garrett Wilson. because We've talked about him all offseason. season, especially me and everybody knows you're how much bro. I love Garrett Wilson and think he's a stud, but, um, yeah, he's, he, I think he's going to get treated with the Devonte Adams treatment. Um, mm-hmm. and how he was used in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. It seems like they have a great connection already. Um, yeah. We know about the talent of the player, the yeah. situation that he's in, the opportunity that he has, and all those things. But we looked at the preseason game, too, and I I want to say, like, he had, like, four targets on those two drives mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Like, he was getting out-targeted by far. Like, did Lazard even have a target? He might have had one. Probably not. I think Randall Cobb had one. And Tyler Conklin had one. Everything else was Garrett Wilson. So if that's how it is in the regular season, he might explode. That's the word you used earlier was he might explode. Um, He's somebody that, yeah, does he have the same floor as a guy like Devontae Adams? Probably not. Like Adams is probably a lock to be a top, you know, 10 wide receiver. Well, Garrett Wilson, there's a chance Mm -hmm. the Jets implode and that doesn't happen. But his ceiling, I think, is through the roof, and I'm targeting him in every single draft that can.
0: Yeah, uh, he kind it kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you remember um, back in the day when Tom Brady uh, was with the Patriots and they got Antonio Brown for like one week? Yeah, and uh, Brady targeted Antonio Brown about she's I don't know four or five times on the first drive of the the his, yeah. his time with the Patriots. Uh, it only lasted one game, which <laughs> sucks, but. Uh, that's kind of what it felt like when when Rogers went out there for the first time and started targeting Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it was like, oh, finally after all this time, one whole season, I got a receiver who can catch the ball, and I'm just gonna throw it to him four million times. Yeah. Um. So now then, also I was ta- I was talking to Rick uh, pre show. It also could be due to the fact that you know as a receiver, I mean as a as a quarterback wide receiver, you know condo um combo in the league. You have to kind of build a repertoire and a and a connection together, which For I sure. think Rogers and Garrett will have in the season. But if you're new to it, early season, you you know the connection sometimes isn't there automatically um, with players. So Rogers could have just been throwing it a hundred times to Garrett just to feel what it's like in a game, um, and know where he's gonna be, what spots in the field he's gonna be depending on what routes he's running. Um and just kind of get a feel for it in live action because practice is like it's not even practice anymore. It's just kind of walkthrough. <laughs> so yeah. Um so I think that could have been what he was doing with Garrett Wilson because he already knows what he's got with he knows where Alan Lazard's gonna be. He knows where Randall Cobb is gonna be. So it's, just, it's not really something that is going to be difficult for him to figure out, whereas Garrett Wilson's a little bit different. So uh, to me, I look at it, that's probably why he was targeting so much. So I, would, I wouldn't I would anticipate him to target him like three times a series because if that happened, he'd be like getting 20 targets a game. Um, but there is going to be a massive target share for, for Garrett Wilson. He's probably going to be anywhere between 160 and 170. Um, and obviously, that's one of the thresholds that we look at for really talented wide receiver ones. Um, and so Garrett Wilson lock, got to get him on your team. No questions asked for sure. Um, number two is Calvin Ridley. And I finished up my projections, um, earlier this week or last week or wherever you're listening to this. I don't know, but I finished them up recently and I was doing the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, uh, projections, um, a couple weeks ago and I saw, uh, Calvin Ridley and, um, I kind of projected him really high by accident. I thought I was being like conservative. I have him at 251 <laughs> fantasy points, which also happens to put him at wide receiver 10 on my list of wide receivers. Um he is basically not going in that range. If you wanted to if you want to draft Calvin Ridley, um I think his ADP right now is 30
1: Pick 36. Pick 36. Thank you. I was trying to find so That's the ones. last pick of the third round.
0: Last pick of the third round. And so to me, it's like you can get this guy in the third round, maybe in the fourth round. The value is there, and there's a chance for him to be really good. And if you're into camp, like we don't like – I don't like to subscribe to camp hype and all that stuff. I like to look at it with a different lens. You know, same conversation with Trevor Lawrence. He's probably trying to figure out you know, some things with, with Calvin Ridley, not that he's been hyper-targeted, but Calvin Ridley made some ridiculous catches and you can tell he's still got it. Like everyone who was worried about Calvin Ridley still having it, he's, he's still got it. You don't need to worry about that. Um, and the only concern is like, I mean, do we think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw the ball to Christian Kirk a lot? I don't know. But to me, I feel like there's a good chance of 140, 250 targets for Calvin Ridley. And I think when that happens, um, it's going to be an explosive season for him. And and the value that you get, this is one of those guys that, you know, you can kind of push down later in the board. Like you could draft this guy as a flex, to be honest with you. If you, if you drafted in that way, right. If he ends up being Mm -hmm. a fourth round pick, um, or as your second wide receiver. So there's definite upside for Calvin Ridley. I think he has upside to be a wide receiver one, um, I think there's a lot of hope for him, and I think that you know, when you look at Jacksonville, there's there's a very high ceiling for their offense with Trevor Lawrence. It was already good last year. I think it takes a step forward this year with Calvin Ridley, and I think they score a lot of points this year, uh, which leads Calvin Ridley to a lot of touchdowns, a lot of catches, and high efficiency. And um and it could mean a really big season for him. So he's one of those guys like he's already broken out in his NFL career. But if you're looking for like a third, fourth, fifth round guy that's gonna break out at the wide receiver position this year, again, it would be
1: it would be Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And he's like another guy we talked about, but feels like I don't want to leave a lot of drafts without him either. Um, I think one of the biggest concerns that people had for Ridley going into the offseason was, one, that it was a new team, but, two, he just hasn't played football in so long, and how is he going to look? And I don't know if you've watched any of, like, the Jaguars preseason. The dude looks nasty still. He looks like the same player he was in 2020. It doesn't look like he has much rest. Now, that could change in the re- – right, once you get to the regular season, we might see a drop here and there. We might see, you know, a bad route, something like – just some, a little bit of rest on him, but I don't think it's going to be anything that really affects him. And the last time we saw this guy play a full season, he was the wide receiver five in all of fantasy. Um, the comparisons of uh, when Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs, um, last year with Jalen Hurts getting A.J. Brown, he could be this year's version of that, um, going to Jacksonville to help Trevor Lawrence take that next step. And I really do think that, he has all the ability in the world to do it. Trevor Lawrence has all the ability in the world to do it. Yeah, uh, we, We've we both talked about this offense being probably a top 10 offense with even higher upside than that, maybe even top five op- upside. Um, they, they got everything going for them there. He's obviously got the ability to do it. He's probably going to be – not even probably. He is going to be the wide receiver one there, I think, over Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, and if he can just go back to his 2020 form, which it looks like he can, then he's going to be a great pick there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think the big, the big question that people have had is that return to form part. Yeah. You know, like, it, can he return to form? It's been a while since he played football, and like I said, just watching some preseason games, it doesn't look like he's missed a step or he has any issues. So no, like. That should be like if that was your concern, which is the only concern, and the only reason why at this point I would say Calvin Ridley as low as he's going, then, mm-hmm. I mean, you should be drafting him. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Number three is Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs is a fun player. Um, obviously, we've talked about the many, the many things once again uh, through the off about Jameer Gibbs and in the fact that you know they drafted him really high. We talked about the running back ones. You know, if you if you've been drafted in the first round, chances of you being a top twelve running back in fantasy football are very very high, um, as long as you stay healthy. And so Jameer Gibbs, you know, checks all those boxes. He's on a football team that wants him. Um, they wanted him at pick yeah, yep. six. <laughs> they drafted him at yep. pick twelve. So. Like, all of those things are true. The big thing with Gibbs, he's going to pick 35, by the way. The big thing that I'm a little bit concerned about with Jameer Gibbs is that we know Detroit likes to split the running back carries. They signed David Montgomery. The chances of him getting a majority of the snaps here is very likely in terms of the rushing totals. So David Montgomery right now is probably going to get, I haven't projected at 230 rush attempts. He's probably going to be somewhere in that, that wheelhouse of 200 to 230. Um, and Gibbs is probably going to be somewhere anywhere between 150 to 170 in my mind. Um, he's going to be very similar to a Alvin Kamara, where Kamara, in his best years with the Saints, had 170 to 190 rushes, but was getting targeted in a in the vicinity of having like 80 catches almost every single year. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think Gibbs is going to reach 80 catches this year. Um, but I still think there's going to be a high target share for him, higher than David Montgomery would get um, just because Montgomery is not a great pass-catching running back to begin with. So for me, Jameer Gibbs is going to hit a much higher fantasy total. It's funny because I give basically 250 touches, 255 touches to David Montgomery, and I gave almost 200 and, yeah, it's like 240 240 touches to Jameer Gibbs, but Jameer Gibbs finished with 40 finishes with 40 more fantasy points than David Montgomery because he catches 68 passes in my projection. So yeah, it's like, you know, it's just like with the pass catching work in PPR for Jameer Gibbs, he is, he's got a ton of upside, um, I'm just interested to see how the Lions use him early in the season. I'm not afraid of drafting him. I am drafting him in, in multiple leagues. Like, if you want an RB2, get him. I don't know what it's going to look like early for Jameer Gibbs, but I know that there's going to be a lot of pass catching upside for this player. Um, he's basically what they wanted DeAndre Swift to be, and he comes on the field, he plays at a high level, and he does his thing. Uh, David Montgomery's not going to hold on to his job much long. In terms of being a, I was going to say, would you, so
1: back. are you, would you be worried week one, David Montgomery gets like 16 carries or something like that, and Gibbs gets like eight? No, not at all.
0: It's gonna kind yeah. it kinda so reminds me Well, a tell the
1: people don't panic when week yeah. one Montgomery gets more characters. You're, you're gonna panic. Yeah, you're gonna panic. I probably will too. Yeah. You, you'll well, be like, I, I if he gets if he gets like six Everyone or seven does. targets, I'm not, I'm not gonna panic.
0: I'm not gonna panic with Jameer Gibbs because you're talking to the dude uh who went on to Travis Etienne for six straight yep. weeks <laughs> through an eight-point game, seven-point games until he broke out. So Yeah,
1: and even Brees Hall, like he wasn't to that level, but week one he had like eight carries yeah and then week two he had like 12 carries Monty is going to week three like
0: this happens with rookie running backs all the time I remember I remember when David Montgomery came into the league with the Chicago Bears and um I watched the first game of the season he played and uh what what they ran I don't even know who the backup running back was at the time I think it was Damian Williams they ran the backup out and they had him, because he was a veteran, they had him take like the yep. first three series of the game. And David Montgomery ended with eight carries. And I'm like, everyone was talking about how he is David Montgomery. The podcasts with nicknames, fantasy footballers were calling him David Opportunity, And I was like, he's going to get all the opportunity. And then he comes away with like 10 touches in the game. And it's just... It's a earn your place in the NFL type thing. So Montgomery's yeah. going to come in. He's going to get a majority of the snaps, probably week one, and then you're going to see it flip over the time. So don't panic if week one Jameer Gibbs doesn't get 25 touches. Now, right. is there a chance he could because they liked him that much? Of course. But I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening at the end of the day with Jameer Gibbs because there's a lot of surrounding factors with the Lions. They like to have multiple guys involved, knowing that David Montgomery yes, came in that is here. True came in here to be a guy that a, a, a basically a bruising back who just runs it on the ground. Like that's his job. He's going to be yeah. Jamal Williams. He's just going to get the ball. He's going to run through people. And then Jameer Gibbs is going to come in and pass catch and pass block and do all that stuff. So they're going to have two very different roles. That doesn't mean Gibbs isn't going to get rushing attempts, but what I would take, keep an eye on his targets and receptions early in the season.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Like if you're drafting Gibbs and expecting him to be, um, Christian McCaffrey year 1 or even right out of the gate or like a you know Saquon yeah. Barkley where he's just dominating the touches I I don't expect that I think they're going to be in a split to be honest with you yeah. early on but Gibbs is going to dominate the pass catching work I I think um in my projections I actually had Gibbs tied with the second most targets on the team Jeez. but I that's how all the reports in training camp have been saying he's going to be used. He's not only their third down back, but even when Montgomery's out there, they might line him up in the slot, especially early on in the season when mm-hmm. when uh when Jameson Williams is out, and they're really just with Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver and a couple of other guys like Marvin Jones. So Gibbs is going to be very involved in the passing game. If you see Montgomery out there and you see him getting carries, I, I definitely wouldn't panic. The only thing that – does worry me a little bit is the goal line work because we saw what jamal williams did yeah. last year with the lions um and getting i think he led the league in rushing touchdowns <laughs> actually mm-hmm. so that would be my only concern with gibbs but he's got the opportunity there especially if you play in ppr leagues um pass catching is king and if he can just split on the ground and he gets it you know he does good on the ground he doesn't need to do great on the yeah. ground he just does good enough um and he ends up with like 80 targets and 60 something catches and a couple receiving touchdowns to go with a couple rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He's going to be just fine, if not great, for fantasy this year. All
0: right, let's stay. Let's stay with Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions
1: here for a minute.
0: Okay, and talk about Ross St. Brown.
1: Yeah, um, we're all in for Thursday.
0: Oh, you know this should be an interesting Thursday night. I, I'm so excited. It's the Lions. I'm not going to lie, because like the Lions of, I used to be a massive Vikings fan. Uh huh. You know, you always got to have a second favorite team. Vikings were always my second favorite team. And uh, weird that it's in the NFC North, uh, North, yeah. Uh, And it's the Lions now. It's just because of Dan Campbell. I love that guy.
1: I just can't. See, I like the Lions too, but the moment they get good, I'm not going to like them. (laughs) It's one of those teams. I like them because they're the underdog. Yeah. And they got that kind of thing. But, yeah, so with Amon Ra, um, we, we saw what he did last year. He was the wide receiver seven. Mm-hmm. Had 146 targets, 106 catches. Yeah, like the dude was a beast, and nothing really changed this year. And if anything, he might even have more opportunity this year. He's a guy that like literally. you could real. I could see him with like 160 targets in that offense. Easily could see him with that. He's a he's a guy that's just going to be pure volume. Um, and he had stretches last year. Uh, where he was just going insane and getting like 30 points a week um, and just dominating, right? Like the first three weeks of the season before he got hurt, yeah. it looked like he was going to average like 25 face points a week. And I'm not saying that that's what he's going to do, but he does from a fan- fantasy perspective, remind me of Cooper cup, where they just are going to feed him the ball. Yep. Uh, and I'm now sure will yeah. it be at that level? Probably not. Cause Cooper cup had like historic seasons. Yeah, uh, with the triple crown and everything. But Amon is that type of player. And he's going right there at Garrett Wilson in the second round. I love both those guys. Mm-hmm. And he's going as the wide receiver nine, when last year, in arguably a worst opportunity, he finished as a wide receiver seven. So now he you you can make the argument he's in a better situation this year. And he's going two spots even lower than that. Yeah, I mean, he's not like the sexiest pick because I don't know if he has the same name value as a guy like Devontae Adams at this point. Or even Jalen Waddle, like popularity wise, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's just as good, if not better, than those. He, I think he's better than those guys in terms of fantasy for sure.
0: Yeah, and the big thing with the big thing with Amon Rise is, is it's the PPR upside that he provides because the efficiency is not like
1: he's he, not going he to get have, he five catches for 150 yards. Yeah, three touchdowns. he does. He he's That's not. He's not AJ
0: can. Brown. AJ Brown will get receiver. five targets, four catches, and 50 <laughs> fantasy points if he needs to. Uh, yeah. Amon Ra's not going to do that, but he does get a lot. And this is the same thing with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's targets, they're, while they're efficient, like if you look at his yards per reception totals and you look at some of that information, it's not like, you know, in a, like I said, like at AJ Brown, where his is like 15 or 16 yards per reception, he's more like 12 and it's the yep. same thing with Amonra. He's somewhere in the vicinity of 11 or 12 yards per catch. And you know, while that I mean, that's not amazing, it's still decent. Um yeah. It's 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 actually pretty good for a guy that catches, you know, over 100 balls on in a season. So, but the big thing for him is is just it's the number of catches that he gets, it's the sheer volume that he gets. Yeah. Um he's able to get open. He plays the slot He's a safety blanket for Jared Goff. Like th- th- it's not going to change. Jamo. Jameson Williams is out for six weeks. They lost. Um, What's his name? The chart. You say DJ Chark. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to make sure I, I like cut out. Um. Yeah. You lost Chark and it's like, they're in a position right now where the two guys early in the season are going to take a brunt of this workload is going to be TJ Hawkinson and Amonra. And, Amonra will see an increase
1: early in time. Did you say TJ shape. Hawkinson?
0: Did I, did I keep putting him on that football team?
1: us Stephen A.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: dude. It's Sam Laportier, boy.
0: Yeah, so anyway, I just was looking at my projections too, and I saw Sam Laporta. Um, or Laporta unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable, dude. I keep doing that because I thought I was talking, like, I, I did this uh, two weeks ago. I was talking about the Vikings, and I said he left the Vikings. <laughs> I don't know what team he's on. This is why you don't transition teams in the NFC North Hawks. Um, But anyway, yeah. So losing Hawk, there's going to be a lot more target share available. The vacated opportunities for him. Like it's massive. And um, what did that, that deal happened at the trade deadline, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just want to pull up the numbers from the trade deadline all the way through. Um, He was on pace for 164 targets after that. The, the main thing that I look at for that is that this dude is is g- probably going to get 160 targets and he had a 77% catch percentage. That means so really that kills. he is going to catch 110 to 120 passes, which in PPR gives you a massive base floor. Talk about yep. that on top of just maybe catching 6-7 touchdowns and 13-1400 yards. The guy is literally going to be a top 10 wide receiver. And um, and it's he's why a, he's getting drafted in the second round. But he's a guy that, like, if you don't get Garrett Wilson, okay, you probably yeah. should go get Amon Ra.
1: And you, there's even an argument, and I'm a huge Garrett Wilson guy, and personally I would take Garrett Wilson over Amon Ra, mm-hmm. but there are extremely valid arguments to take Amon Ra over Garrett Wilson. Garrett Amon Ra St. Brown is virtually a lock for a top-time receiver
0: mm-hmm.
1: in PPR. He just yep, is. For sure. And And with that mindset – in a PPR league in the second round, that you're guaranteed to get a wide receiver one here mm-hmm. is p- pretty solid.
0: Oh yeah. And and the fact that right now he's being ranked um expert consensus. Right now he's he's actually wide receiver seven. So um that that oh. sheer <laughs> Yeah, that sheer volume is is ridiculous. And if you can get that, it's why like last year, early in the season, the pacing that he was at early is why I thought before he ended up getting hurt and missing week four, first three games of the season, he was on pace for 187 targets on the season and with a 70% catch percentage, 130 catches, 1,400 yards, and uh, obviously he caught three touchdowns in the first three games, so 17 touchdowns is not sustainable, but it was a league-winning pace early in the season that I don't think a lot of people saw. And I think that obviously the touchdowns, I don't think are sustainable, but I think he could definitely be a dude that turns into like Rick said, a Cooper cup like player where if he does end up in the top five, th- that role that you see with Cooper cup is what they're going to see with a Ra. And if I was the lions, I'd honestly watch the Sean McVay film and be like, or the lions film and be like, what are they doing with, you know, Cooper cup? And how can we make a Ra do that? Because he is that good. So, um, just on that sheer... like, like Obviously, you know you're going to get a base floor with him as a wide receiver one. Like, between 9 to 12, I would say. But, if there's a ceiling where he can get up to top five, which I think there is a high percentage shot that he could jump even higher, like, that's reason enough to draft him. You know what I mean? Because you draft him early second round, you're probably getting a wide receiver one. But you're also drafting the ceiling, too, that he could he might be able to jump up into the top five and ascend past some other guys that are ahead of him, like CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, and some of those guys. So, um, Amonra is definitely a must draft in that second, in that second round. Great. Um, All right. Let's talk about the last guy, a A. Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers. We're just going to stick right in the NFC North here uh, for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) Love the NFC North. Um, so Aaron Jones, isn't really like, uh, like I love, love him. Um, considering that the Packers were also in a conversation to possibly get Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah. But AJ Dillon kind of blows. Um, and we've all learned that over time. Um,
1: he's fine at what he does. Yes. But he's, he's not like a, he's,
0: he's a fine running back. Um, he's a,
1: he plays the David Montgomery, Jamal yes, Williams. Like, yes. like but no line even, guy. But he's, yeah. Fourth and one, you give it to AJ Dillon and get two yards.
0: So, uh, like, Aaron Jones is the Mike Williams of running backs, <laughs> where he will get like 12 points to 13 points a week, and it'll hurt a little bit in PPR. And then, yeah, he'll he get a game. lot of weeks
1: with like seven to 10 points.
0: He, he would, and then he'll have like, then get you Four or five weeks in the season where he'll score multiple touchdowns and blow up your you know whole lineup and be like oh my god this guy just won me a week oh. so that's the sheer value of Aaron Jones the problem has been in the past you've kind of had to eat those weeks knowing you know when you draft him knowing that you're going to get him you had to you know drafting smaller, him in the second round drafting him in the second round sometimes in the first in years past and now you can get him in the fourth round somewhere in that vicinity third or fourth round. And knowing that you can get a player like that, like I would take Gibbs ahead of him. I don't know about you, but I would take Gibbs I, would too, a, yeah, I would take sure. Jameer Gibbs ahead of Aaron Jones. But like, if I don't get Gibbs and I get sniped because somebody is who is obsessed with him, Rick is early in the third round and just like, you know, I don't want to Turk. Or him a out. guy in our
1: league who only drafts rookies. Oh,
0: that's true. Yeah, for sure. We're not going to end up with him at all, and I'm going to be enraged. <laughs> Neither of us. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I'll I'll be fully rooting for Jameer Gibbs on that first Thursday Night Football game. Anyway. Um. But. But, no, Aaron Jones is is a great value to that. Him and Joe Mixon, I would say Joe Mixon, like we were discussing whether to put Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon on the list. Mixon got kind of, like, scratched at the end as an extra running back. But, like, those two guys are definitely good values um, in that range if you need a running back. And it actually lends me to more of a, a broader conversation. We kind of got to end this pod, but, like, it ends me to... Leads me to a more broader conversation of like the amount of running backs that you can get in the third and fourth round at this point.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a gold mine.
0: Should you should you be drafting like if if there's a big time running back on the board like Eckler or Christian McCaffrey or your Saquon or Nick Chubb or uh, beyond, yep. like go with the go with one of those guys. Like I like that's fine in a, as a first round running back. But it begs the question: like if you don't get one of those guys, should you just like? close your eyes and draft two freaking run two freaking wide receivers in the first I round I would tell you this
1: our league is different and there are leagues you know every league is different obviously i think in most leagues though mm-hmm. if you can get a receiver first two rounds i would do it in ppr the problem is a league like ours where running backs get so overvalued that could screw you but yeah in most normal leagues, you can end up with a really solid running back in round three and then come back in round four and get Aaron Jones. For sure. Like, let's say you get, um, you know, you, you're a big, or we just talked about it. Let's say you get Gibbs, you're at the end of the third round, top of the fourth and you get Gibbs and Aaron Jones. That's a good running back duo. I mean, your two receivers
0: might be Jones is going to give you a base floor for a lot of times. And Gibbs might not give you a ton of points out the gate, but hopefully what they don't provide for you, at least early in the season uh uh-huh. is going to be made up for in the in the wide receivers that you got
1: right but i like if you end up with gibbs and aaron jones as your two running backs but your receivers are like cooper cup and garrett wilson yeah um or cooper cup and Amon-Ra st brown or something like that like yeah i'm P-P-R i'm good sure. with those two as my imagine running backs that imagine
0: cooper cup and Amon Ra. It's, it'll be that's, like it'll be freaking death. It. if you played that person it would be death by a thousand cuts
1: i'm it's telling like you every dude, time that you is a catch. real possibility. Because Cooper Cup's one one oh seven right now. I love it. And Amon bro. Ra is one uh, is pick seventeen. I love the idea of that. Right. Me too, bro. Very interesting. Don't, but don't steal my ideas, okay? Yeah. So, what?
0: but anyway, so Amon, uh, like Aaron Jones though. Like like I said, he's he's the Mike Williams of of running back. So like you you know you're kind of drafting the the crap games a little bit mm-hmm. too in with it. But right. there are going to be opportunities for him to blow up, and I think when he does, it'll be a, it'll be a league winning week for you. And if you if you at least have a like like Rick scenario with with Jameer Gibbs, that's a lot more risky at the running back position. But like if you oh. end up with like say a Nick Chubb, for example, in the second round, that's a that's a guy with a good base. Floor of fantasy points. He's probably going to get you 15 points a game. And if you get that 15 points a game and you get that floor and then you add Aaron Jones, you kind of are okay if Jones doesn't have a good game. And if Jones has a blow-up game and then Nick Chubb gives you that base floor, you're going to win the week probably. Um. So. Having Jones and having a more steady running back is a really good, I think a really good combo, but I think he's a, I think he is a guy that you should target in the early rounds because you know, he just has, he provides that, that boom potential. And then, you know, I think this year, because there's not a lot of like, they do have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs and all that stuff. I think they're going to rely on the run a little bit more this year because they're going to try to get Jordan love a little bit more eased in. Um, and you're gonna see the carries increase as opposed to in years past. You've seen Aaron Rodgers just huck the ball over the field. So there's gonna be an increase in workload, I think,
1: for Aaron Jones. As long as he stays healthy, he should be a safe bet. No, I agree. And I, I think Aaron Jones is kind of similar to Gibbs. He's trending down, Gibbs is trending up. Mm. But I still think Aaron Jones is at the point of his career where he can still have one more really good season. Um, just the way the the team is constructed. They obviously tried to try to trade for Jonathan Taylor but it didn't work. So as it, as it is right now, AJ Dillon is still AJ Dillon. He's not going to get um a crap ton of carries. They'll probably split on the ground just like Gibbs and Montgomery. Yeah. But Aaron Jones is the pass catching running back there and I don't think that changes um he had 72 targets last year, 59 catches. I think he can easily do that again. Yeah. Um and people say, you know, oh, I don't believe in Jordan Love. The Packers are going to stink this year. Mm-hmm. All those things. The Packers offense wasn't exactly elite last year. He only had seven touchdowns and he still yeah. finished his RB nine. So I I don't know what Aaron Jones' ceiling is. I don't think it's like it's super high, you know, t- top five running back like he was a couple years ago. Yeah. But um I think he can still be like a low end R B one, a guy who gets you some big weeks um every now and then. And as an R B two or an R B one if you went zero R B. Mm-hmm is pretty good like he he's a he's a very stable guy at running back yeah um and if you look at guys who go after him like he's kind of the end of a tier as well mm-hmm. to me at least because you got like kenneth walker then you get to guys like damian pierce um jk dobbins alexander madison miles sanders who some of those guys aren't bad but to me i think aaron jones is next level above those guys yeah so that's another reason why i'd be targeting him in drafts because i think he would you have an advantage of him over some of those other guys right after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Have you more thoughts on these guys? I think that's it. Okay. They're your five players to target in the early rounds. Obviously there's a plethora of guys uh, that you can go after, but between rounds two and five, these are guys that we really, really like that we've been uh, targeting on some teams and uh, be sure to get those guys tomorrow. We're going to talk about late round targets, so be sure to check that out. We'll talk to you later guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.